Welcome to the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and uh, and on this podcast, we chat with a real eclectic group of individuals. Um, they're people that are changing things either in their niche um, or just changing things generally and making some moves in, in their fields or other fields uh, around them. And, and we look to learn from them. So we are going to get some actionable steps every time we do the podcast. Um, they are the stars of the show. We've had CEOs of multinational companies talking about what they're doing to kind of influence their organization or influence the, the markets that they sell to. Um, we've had authors that are doing some of those things as well or, or really delving into personal development and, and things that they can do uh, uh, to help themselves and others. And then uh, recently we've talked to uh, startup founders and talked about some of the struggles that they go through um, in that kind of life style, um, but then also what they're doing in their startups to be able to disrupt and change the industry that they're in. So that's that's kind of the thread that's through all of these, is that there are people that are making a difference and doing so in, in ways that are maybe a little bit different than we would have thought of before. Um, and today I'm really excited to be able to have Amy Perkins here joining us. Um, Amy's gone through some massive change in her life in the last little while, um, changing her career. Um, like many of us and many listeners, uh, I'm sure to the podcast as well, she's reevaluated kind of her own life and what she was doing and decided to really kind of shift her focus. Um, after a long career um, in a more traditional role, um, she's changed that up and, and she now has a successful coaching business a podcast with thousands of listeners um, and has developed um, a, uh, a develop uh, a, a um, designing your dream life kind of coaching program as well. So we can talk a little bit about that as well. So I'm really excited to, to kind of jump into this with Amy. And uh, uh, so Amy, we talked a little bit. It sounds like it's nice where you are. It's a little bit cold here. We're up in Canada, so it's a little bit chilly here today, but uh, sounds like a nice day down where you are in, in California. Yes, Northern California, it's going to be in the 70s. It's sunny and beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's sunny here. It's sunny here, but I would say it's a little bit cooler. But uh, but it is November, so we kind of expect that we're going to have that up here. So, um, you know, I've, I've been watching your stuff for a while, Amy. I, I know that um, one of the things that comes across really well is that um, that you're very personable in your, in your videos and, and connect well with the audience. And um, I, I think um, your story is something that's, that's really important um, for people to hear. And, and so I'm wondering if you might be able to talk about, uh, I mean, I think you spent many years in, um, in a teaching role and, and something that, uh, um, you know, is, is that kind of more traditional role. Can you walk us through your journey from, from thinking, okay, I'm in that role for that amount of time. Were there triggers that had you decide that you were going to change things and, and just walk us through that journey a little bit? Yeah. So I was one of the lucky ones. I got into my career at 21. I started teaching elementary school yeah. And I loved it. Every second of it, I looked forward to Mondays. It had nothing to do with the money and everything to do with truly living a life and a career that was my soul's purpose. And I did that for about nine years. Then I got into coaching and consulting and training. And I worked with new teachers and I started training coaches. Yeah. And I also really enjoyed that. I did that journey of work for 25 years. Then in 2016, my best friend from college, who was a single mom yeah. and one of the most joyful, loving people that I've ever had in my life, she died. She lost a battle to ovarian cancer and it was a real wake up moment. It really shook me to my core and I did a lot of reevaluating 
things in my life. And Mm -hmm. after she died, things started happening at work that weren't sitting well with me, things that weren't aligned with my values going on in leadership, leadership above where I was in leadership. And I took some steps to try to remedy some things going on. And those steps didn't work. I was basically told that I wasn't going to be supported and I had to just go along with the status quo. And that was this leadership that was not leading with integrity. And I made a really hard decision, but I walked. I walked away from the only career that I knew. I had three college degrees in education. I had my undergrad, I had a teaching credential, and I had a master's degree in curriculum design. And I did not know what my next step would be, but I did know that I could not do that job with that leadership any longer. Yeah. You know, the the courage that that must have taken um, to be able to, I, I mean, there are lots of people I think are probably in that same position right now. I mean, um, you know, think of how many people are, are going through that discussion in their head. Um, how did you have the courage to make such a big change in your life? So after Tracy died, I, my full-time job was pretty much designing a life of fearlessness because I had realized that while I had accomplished a lot in my life, I mean, I didn't get married till my late 20s. I bought my own house in my 20s. I paid off all my student loans really young. I was a go-getter, but I was playing it safe. I played it safe for most of my life. And I wasn't trying things that there was a possibility of failure. And when you do that, you end up living a life playing really small. So after Tracy died, I started doing things intentionally that were scary. I started a side business while I was still doing my consulting before the job got really bad. And in starting that side business, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, speaking about the dreams of what this business would look like. And I'm not doing that anymore. It's a totally different business than what I'm doing now. But when I took action, every time I pushed through fear, every time I made a phone call, every time I reached out to somebody, every time I showed up for a meeting that was out of my comfort zone, because I didn't know how it would be received, this idea for this business. Every time I did something that was scary, I got more courage, I built more self-trust, and I got more confidence. And that just pushed me on this road. You know, you hear an object in motion stays in motion. I pretty much got myself into motion of pushing through fear and taking action three years ago, and I haven't stopped. And when you take action, you get clarity. And one of the things on my journey, I thought, maybe I want to get back into the classroom. Maybe that job that lit me up so many years ago, maybe that's where I needed to go. And so I started taking action and I got my transcripts. I have over a hundred units past my undergrad. That is a lot of transcripts (laughs) from a lot of colleges, Yeah, but that was action. I had to update my resume, which was over 20 years old. That was not fun, but I had to take action. I got out there and applied for different teaching jobs. I went out and met face-to-face with different principals of schools that I thought I wanted to teach at. And the more action I took, When we do that, if we tune into that inner compass, instead of being lit up and excited, I started feeling depleted. And it got down to the day when somebody reached out to me for an interview 
for a teaching job, which are really hard to come by in California. There are yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people applying for one job, one position. Yep. I got that notification for an interview and I declined. I knew at that point because of all that action that I took, I got the clarity that teaching was not my next step. So what I would recommend to anybody that's in a job and they feel miserable and they know there's something more, just start taking action. I did a lot of action before I ended up quitting. I didn't just one day have this revelation that I was miserable and quit. There was a lot of action. I started an, I started a side job and then I applied for other jobs. And on that journey of that action, I got clarity. Now, Amy, it's, it's interesting that you do that. And I, um, I did look into kind of some of the things that you've you'd done during that time. And um, I know that you have a story about um, Mel Robbins and and one of those things, if um, so her book, and it's interesting, is really about the, you know, when it scares you, take that little bit of action. And um, you know, it, it did, did that help you through that process? And, and maybe you can tell us kind of how, how Mel Robbins has been an influence for you. Absolutely. So again, right when my friend Tracy died, I just set about my full-time job was figuring out like how to get out of my own way. And one of the first books that I stumbled on was Mel Robbins' Five Second Rule Book. And some people read these books by these self-help motivational people, and they think by reading it that they've got that information. But the difference between people that read it and people like me that apply it and take action, I mean, the difference is you change your life or you stay stuck. And so Mel Robbins' five-second rule basically was she one day didn't feel like she wanted to get out of bed. She was in a really depressed state. And she thought of, if I count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and I just get up and I just force myself to move, to take that action that I don't want to take, then I'm going, I'm getting out of my own way. Well, while I didn't need that five-second rule to get out of bed, I needed that five-second rule, that five, four, three, two, one, and move. I needed that to have those scary discussions, make those scary phone calls, set up those meetings, try things that I wouldn't normally try. And not only did I find that book, I wrote down, I'm a huge believer of vision boarding and mine, I call it a believe board. And I wrote down, I write down things that are going to happen. I don't know how they're going to happen, but I know I'm going to make them happen. And I wrote down that I was going to get one on one coaching by Mel Robbins, that I was going to have her coach me. I didn't even know if she coached, but I wrote it down. And shortly after I found out she was launching a group course. So that was a no brainer. I signed up for that. It was called the power of you. And then a few short months later, Somebody reached out and said she was coming to San Francisco, which is like an hour and a half from my house. And she was going to be teaching at Creative Live, which is an online learning platform that live streams different people, different teachers all over the world. And I signed up to be in the audience. And out of, I don't know how many people applied, but I think it was the biggest response I'd ever had up to that point for somebody that was teaching. I got picked out of 35 people. And because I had this new knowledge of if you desire something and you believe it is possible and you take action, anything is possible. And so I knew somehow that I was going to get coached. And that day at an intermission, she picked me out of the audience and told her 
technology guy to mic me up. And I found myself on stage getting one-on-one coaching live streamed worldwide by Mel Robbins. Very cool. Very cool. And how, and so is that, um, I, I guess, what kind of a, a effect has that had in, in how you've built both your business and um, your coaching practice moving forward? Massive. You know, it just reaffirmed everything that I was doing, that with action, you get clarity. When you do that thing that scares you, you get magic on the other side. You know, the thing that I did after that, I was in that coaching group with her. And again, I thought I needed to work for her team. I thought that was my next step and that her team needed me to help bring that book and that five second rule to a totally new audience because I knew that nobody in my sphere, nobody in my circle had ever heard of Mel Robbins. Nobody in education had ever heard of Mel Robbins and that this five second rule should be implemented not only by people like me that were just in their own way, but I thought, what a great tool to implement in schools for kids, to teach kids this tool. And I, at this point in my journey, I was about a year and a half after Tracy died, about a year and a half into taking action and pushing through fear. I knew that the scarier thing that you did, the more courage and the more magic was on the other side. And so I wanted to ask for that job, but I knew that merely emailing her team wasn't really scary enough. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe I could make a video and put it in this course. We had a private course of 2000 people and we were, people were posting videos and Mel Robbins was in there a little bit, but mainly it was her team of coaches. Yep. And I thought that was scary, but I knew that the scarier the thing the bigger the impact on the other side. So what I ended up doing was a live Facebook live video in this group of 2000 people. I had my husband and my kids hold my phone and hit play. I didn't tell them what I was doing. (laughs) And I pled my case for why they needed me on their team. Now, there was no job that they were hiring. There was nothing. I just knew they needed me. So I was shaking. I truly, I wanted to throw up. I was so nervous. And I think what stops people from doing things like that is you're worried about what people are going to think. And I just had to put that out of my mind. And I had to go to that space of what is the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is that they can say no. And even if they say no, I'm not going to die. I'm going to survive. And I'll have survived in a really public way, but I'll have survived. So I did. I did that five, four, three, two, one. I told them to hit play and I pled my case. Now, the really amazing thing is what I thought that I wanted. I thought I wanted a job with her team. But what I got was something so much more amazing. The next day, her team sent me an email. It was really nice. It said, you know, we saw your video. Mel saw your video and we totally appreciate you wanting to work with the team, but we're not hiring and we don't hire that way. And it stung a little and it was a little embarrassing, but (laughs) nothing like what I I think I feared. And in the meantime, I had hundreds of comments from people in this group saying, what a courageous thing. Like, I can't believe you're doing this, but go you. That's awesome. Yeah. And I modeled what pure unadulterated courage looked like to this group of people that were in this course to figure out how to get their own courage. And then the really magical thing happened. And that was 
A day or two later, I was sitting in a meeting for this job, this consulting job that I was doing, where at the time I was really conflicted because the leadership was really letting me down. Mm-hmm. And in this meeting, and my phone beeps. And I typically am that one, I don't look at my phone in meetings. I am that, you know, all of my attention on the speaker because I think it's, I just think it's rude when people aren't paying attention. But for whatever reason, I looked down at my phone. I really think it was like a divinely guided moment. And I had a message from Mel Robbins on my video in this course. And and she was speaking to me. And, And once in a while, she would pop in and leave feedback, but nothing like this. And what she said was, Amy, I love you. The team loves you. It wasn't a no. You had the right clarity to make the ask. You have power and you have a message to share. And I am here to tell you to go do it. You have your own team to build. You don't want to be on my team. Look in the mirror. You are the one that's supposed to go do your own thing. And I'm sitting there in this meeting like it was this surreal moment. I had head to toe goosebumps. I had tears in my eyes and I knew like that was that knowing moment. Like I am, I need to quit this job and I need to go do my own thing. And that is how my own coaching business, Keys to Courage, was born. That's awesome. And, and, you know, why don't we, why don't we shift into some of that for a few minutes that, um, because you're, you have, um, grown a business, I I would think quite quickly, um, in the amount of time you had and you're, um, uh, you're following, um, I mean, it comes through in, in how you connect with people and how you're so kind of authentic and how you do that. Um, but just tell us a little bit, uh, about how you, how you literally built the business. Like how did you, um, how did you gain as many followers as you have in that amount of time? Or what do you think is, is some of that reasoning and, uh, and just talk about kind of your success from that end. So. I know that I'm different um, on social media, and maybe that has to do with my age. I'm 47, and all I know is that's how the I perfect am age. People. That's the perfect age. <laughs> I'm 47 too, so it's okay. <laughs> so, and that's you know another part of my message is it is never too late, and you're never too old because that was one of my beliefs. You know, I am way too old to do anything else, and and I think of that now and that thinking and how crazy that was. I am really honest about my journey. And when I quit that job, you know, another, another part of what I share is I had set myself up for success. And I think I did and live my life a way that not many people do. I have always lived below my means. When my husband and I got married and we decided to have our first child, we knew we wanted to be able to live on one income. So I am not that person that cares to impress anybody. I don't care if someone doesn't like my house, my car, my purse, like stuff doesn't impress me. I don't need things to give me value. You know, my car has 140,000 miles on it and it is paid off. And I love (laughs) hitting that car every single day. We live a life that we can afford. So my job for the last 17 years, my consulting that I was purely doing for education, that was not the job that we needed to keep the roof over our heads. That was my husband's income. And mine was savings. Mine was vacation. Mine was extra. So, you know, many people can't do what I did. But I also, 
I set myself up to be able to do that. So I didn't replace that income. When I quit in May of 2018, it took me six months. I made no money, none for six months. It took me six months to replace that income that I had. And I, I think that's pretty fast. And I did that mainly with one client. So in the meantime, I started a website. I started a newsletter. I was just sharing my journey because I really, truly just wanted other people to know the steps I took and steps that they could take to do the same thing in their life. And I ended up working for free. It was a friend of mine. She was a pediatric dentist and she had a multiple seven-figure practice. And I was just sharing tools and tips and, you know, all I had been trained in cognitive coaching, which is this coaching that is transferable between education or business or one-on-one. -on -one. It just, it goes the gamut. And I took that and I was really working with her and in effect coaching her. And she was transforming different things in her business. And so finally, after six months, I said, hey, and this was a really scary thing to do to a friend. But I said, you really need me on your team. You need me to work with your entire team. How about, and I propose like you pay me X amount. I come in this many hours a week and you hire me. And, and she was like, absolutely. That is a no brainer. So that was my first big client. And then I created this course. That way people didn't have to pay, you know, what she's paying and you could get this course of designing a life of your dreams and do what I did and make all of these areas of your life amazing. So I did that course. And then I had people say, I would like to hire you one-on-one. -on -one. It just has kind of unfolded. And then I started my podcast. And now one of the biggest, most amazing projects I'm doing, and I'm not getting paid for it, but it is just that meaningful piece that I'm doing that I know is changing lives and I know it's gonna just be this crazy ripple effect. And I don't know what's gonna come next, but I am part of a television show, a television segment on one of our local news channels. And we have a transformation show, it's called Uplifting You. There is a professional makeup artist who did Nicki Minaj's makeup in her video <laughs> starships. We have a professional hairstylist and we have a clothing stylist. And then there's me the life coach. And I help these women. We pick one woman a month to do an inside out transformational makeover. And that has been something that I never would have expected, but it is this beautiful piece of the journey. And again, with me, I am not driven by money. This is all driven by purpose. And maybe that's what sets me apart. The followers, I look at it more like I've got 20,000 people and every day, I have like a little networking event and that is in the form of a video I share and a topic I talk about. And everybody just jumps in and shares their knowledge and their views and we have this amazing conversation. So I really don't even look at it like followers. I look at people that are just interested in talking about the things that I wanna talk about. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that, that um, people seem so kind of worried about how many followers or how many connections they've made from that end. And uh, um, I heard somebody on, uh, saying something yesterday about, um, and you, you actually talked about 20,000 is a good number because um, they were giving an example of um, there are people that maybe have 20,000 that know people that have millions and millions. But, um, uh, but if you think about it, you have 20,000 people. If you were sitting in the middle of a arena 
with 20,000 seats, think of how many people that you can kind of connect your message to. And uh, no matter what that is, if that's 500 people, that's probably larger than a lot of people's kind of seminar is larger. So you have that ability to connect with um, people regardless if it's 500,000, 20,000. And uh, and it's really how you connect. And I, I think being that kind of authentic person um, makes it very easy to, to connect with a much larger group than, um, than maybe just those people that are kind of posting something and people are following them because they're following. So, um, and, Amy, and one, just, sorry, go ahead. I just want to jump on that with the numbers because yeah. I see this, but I mean it with every fiber of my being. Numbers do not matter. It is the quality. I yeah. was, I had a podcast when I was starting it. And I was in this podcasting group and you post your recording of your first episode. And I had five people that had listened to my first episode, five. But the first person that responded to my introduction podcast was Seth Godin, Seth (laughs) Godin. And he said that my podcast was moving and magical. So when I say, Numbers don't matter. I would rather have one Seth Godin and five people that see something I put out there than 50,000 nonsense people that could really care less about what I'm saying and really what I'm saying isn't going to move them to take action in their life. So I live and breathe. Don't get caught up in the numbers. I truly do. I don't try. Some people do mass connecting. I, I heard this guy say he started LinkedIn and he just shot out as many connections as he could every day. And I thought, why? Those people might not even care about what you have to say. I have maybe reached out to a hundred people to connect with. The rest are all people that wanted to connect with me. I'm not in the business of convincing people to follow me. I just show up and have a message to share. And if you want to hear it, awesome. And if you don't, there's somebody else out there that has a message that's perfect for you. So don't get caught up in the numbers because you could have that five like I did and that one being someone incredible that is life-changing like Seth Godin, like a Seth Godin or a Mel Robbins. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned um, about, you know, you have that kind of family relationship and, and you know, talked about, um, talked about how it was a little easier for you in some ways because you'd always built your life around um, being able to do something like this if you can. But um, maybe I'll shift it a little bit is, um, you know, with your family, how has making the shift you, um, you have in the last couple of years, um, how has that affected your relationship with your kids and, uh, and your partner? Uh, it's, it's, literally been life-changing. And and that was one of the things when I said about on the course that I have on Design Your Dream Life, I wanted stronger relationships with my kids. My kids are 16 and 11, and I wanted a stronger relationship with my husband. And we've been married for 19 years. And I am just a firm believer that just living a mediocre life, you don't have to do that. And I have had, actually had people tell me, you know, well, you're married for 19 years. It's just going to be, you know, everybody's miserable at 19 years. And (laughs) that is not true. It is not true. I have an amazing marriage. I have a better marriage than probably a lot of newlyweds do out there, but it's because I'm intentional about it, you know? And when you are intentional, intentional (laughs) about making life amazing, you can make all of those areas amazing. My kids and my husband have seen me push through fear. They 
emulate that. And they're doing that too. My husband sees what I've done with having a vision board and my daughter, they both have vision boards. My husband, we were working this one night on um, setting intentions and he wrote down, he works for a fortune 250. He's in um, dental equipment sales. Mm -hmm. And he wrote down, customers are going to be calling me. My ideal customers are going to be calling me because typically in sales, you're out finding the customers. And yeah. that next morning, he had someone reach out and say, hey, Steve, the doctor told me he wanted to work with you. So, I mean, this stuff that I'm doing, it's just bleeding out into not just my family, not just my husband and my kids, but even my friends. And just seeing that and seeing people make those little switches and, and implement the things in their life that I have to live amazing lives that light you up because it's possible for anybody at any age. Um, it's possible. All you have to do is have the desire for that amazing life to believe that it's possible to get really intentional and to take action. Awesome. Okay. Well, and taking action, that's, um, every time on, uh, on this podcast, we ask, uh, um, a guest at the, at the end that, um, we want to be able to give the listeners a couple of things, two, three kind of actions that if, if they were going to do something differently today, tomorrow, um, what would be a couple of high impact things? So we've, we've talked a bit about, um, uh, you know, what you think some of those things are, but if, if you can capsulize a couple of them and just, uh, if somebody can write them down in a book after, uh, at the end of the podcast here, what would be those couple of things you think that somebody should do, Amy? So one of the big things, the big changes that I made is I think we all have this little inner voice and I refer to it as a whisper. And for too long in my life, I ignored it. And that whisper came to me in the form of knowing that my job was not right for me. I heard that whisper. And when I heard that whisper, I took action. You know, if you are so stuck that you're not taking action because of fear, download Mel Robbins' five-second rule book on Audible. Watch her TED Talk. It's got, I think, 17 or 18 million views. If you need that tool to be able to move and take that action, listen to the whispers, pay attention. I had that whisper to quit my job. I ignored it for a long time. I would say, you know, throughout my career, there were different times that it popped up and it finally just got so loud that I couldn't ignore it. I listened to the whisper when I asked Mel Robbins for that job. I heard that voice inside saying, you need to work for that team. And instead of ignoring it, I paid attention to it. I listened to the whisper when I saw the email from Seth Godin saying, I've got a podcasting fellowship starting, sign up. And I signed up. So listen to the whispers. They are there for a reason. The other thing that I've changed, asking, not being embarrassed to fail, not being embarrassed to be told no, because I mean, just use my life as an example. I asked for a job that didn't exist. I survived. Had I not asked for that job, I would not be doing what I'm doing now. I asked to be part of this makeover team that's now on the news. My friend that's a professional makeup artist, she was telling me about this makeover show that was simply going to be clothing, hair, and makeup. And that whisper said, Amy, they need you. They need you to do that inside work. And I asked, I said, you need me on this team. And she said, you are right. I'm going to pitch that to the producer. And then the next day she did. And now the whole entire show 
is on the inside work. It's on the uplifting of women. And that never would have happened if I didn't risk that no and risk that failure and ask. So listen to the whispers, take action on what they're telling you and ask. All right. That's perfect. And, and if people are looking to uh, connect with you or to uh, um, access your course that you were talking about, where should they go, Amy? So my podcast is on all platforms. It's called Keys to Courage. Mm-hmm. And it truly is the roadmap to design a life that lights you up from the inside out. And my website is keystocourage.com. My course is on there. I also have a free weekly newsletter that's just basically getting me as a coach for free week after week. I do one-on-one coaching for specific clients. I don't take everybody. I always do like a 15-minute call to see if we'd be a good fit. And I have a limited amount of spaces for that. And you can reach me at keystocourage at gmail.com if you're interested in that. And I'm on LinkedIn under Amy. All right. Well, uh, so make sure that you do connect with Amy. Um, Listen to her podcast. It's great. Um, Lots of kind of good stuff that comes out of there as well. Um, If you haven't done it yet, um, hit subscribe on on this podcast. And uh, we are going to continue to have a whole bunch of uh, really cool guests over the next little while that give some really good actionable items for us as well. So um, so make sure that you do that. You'll get uh, first crack at it when it uh, when a new episode comes out and leave us a review. Um, so again, thank you to uh, to Amy Perkins. Uh, t- today has been fantastic. We've got lots of great uh, uh, inspiration, I think, to go away with. And uh, we'll see uh, everybody again on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. <laughs>